Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea. I am Sal Nuzzo with the James Madison Institute. Sitting with me in the chair today is Logan Paget, our Vice President for Communications and Public Affairs. Uh, Bob is taking a much-needed break after the nuptials of his uh, youngest daughter. Uh, congratulations, Ann Jackson uh, and uh, and John Samuel on a, on a wonderful wedding. Logan, uh, how's everything going? Good, good. Happy to be a fill-in again. Excellent, excellent. Glad to have you. So we've got some weird insecty kind of things going on in the state. We've got uh, invasive snails in Pasco County. We've got invasive fruit flies down in St. Pete. Uh, we've got monkeypox, uh, although that's not a, a you know a, a, an insect uh, popping up. What is going on in Tampa? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems to be this area. Yeah, the invasive snail issue is in Pasco County. I know that like the fruit fly is St. Pete, Pinellas area. So I mean, you watch the national news and you think that like COVID is the biggest deal, and of course it still is, but. Come to Florida, and we've got some other issues going on. And initially, I was I was thinking because I heard or read something about there being like a quarantine in Pasco County, and I, because of the snails. And and my first thought was, why do we need to quarantine? Can't people outrun snails? But it actually has to do with importing and exporting of goods out of that area in order to ensure that the snails are not making their way into other parts of the state. Right. Well, and something about like the the dirt in the ground that yeah. the snails touch yep. when that is um, uh, contaminated, it causes meningitis outbreak. And that's that's been the biggest issue with the African snails. Crazy so. times. Crazy times. Get it it's, together, it's a, Tampa. We, you, get it together, Tampa. Uh, this is the first of the 10 plagues, apparently. The right. locusts are next. Right. So uh, and moving next, uh, let's talk Twitter. Um, at first... So Elon Musk's make Elon Musk makes a bid for Twitter. They are outraged. They do not want to sell to Elon Musk. And now that he is backing out of the deal, they are suing to make him buy right. the company. Right, a company that didn't want him to invest is now suing him for breach of contract to force him to buy. Do you and think? Do you, do you know why? Why? I guess I didn't really read, and I should have. But why is he? Wanting to back out. This, this is a very important piece of the puzzle because I was about to ask you if you thought that this was a negotiating strategy mm. that he has to try and get the company at a lower price. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, price. it's got to be. But what he's using is uh, his research is indicating that the number of bots and fake accounts on Twitter are far more than what they are representing mm. publicly. And why that is important is a bot or a fake account is not monetizable. They're right. not responding to ads. They're not doing those things. So it's going to affect the revenues for the company. And he's so he's saying it's overvalued. He's saying it's right. very overvalued, which makes me believe it's a negotiating. Strategy. It's a negotiating strategy right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so um, international, Euro, yeah, news. international. Yeah. So the euro now um, is 
uh, has hit parity with the U.S. dollar, which I think the last time that happened was like 20 years ago. So it's definitely time to book a trip to Europe if you're so inclined. Yeah, go ahead and book your Oktoberfest. Yeah, a trip. strong dollar <laughs> now, is. Yeah, to you're going to get a whole lot more beer for your for your yeah. euro or for your dollar than you would have otherwise. I uh, took my daughters there a few years back. It was pre-COVID, and I can remember when I exchanged currency how little I got for the dollar. So I would give, you know, a hundred dollars and you only get like sixty euros or something right. like that. So this is good news for international travelers from the US going to Europe. It's going to be a better deal for you. And I think that they're starting to feel this, though, because I also saw something that like London Heathrow is starting to limit the amount of people coming through the airport because it's such a high demand. So I think think you're seeing more people traveling, you know, due to the fact that COVID restrictions and and all of that is letting up. But then also they, they see it as an opportunity. Yeah, they're rebooking the trips that they were yes. going to make, you know, two years ago now, and, yeah. and now the, the demand is just all pent up. Yeah. Uh, let's talk energy shift a little bit, because this is a story out of Texas, but it definitely has impact in Florida. What's going on with the Texas electric grid? Yeah, so the state organi- the state organization ERCOT, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, operates Texas electric grid, and it is asking people um, during, like, peak hours, the hottest time of the year to conserve electricity and temperatures we know in Florida um, and as well as Texas are reaching like this, the hottest. Triple digits. Yeah, yeah. right. The, the hottest um, since like the 1950s I saw. So it's, it's bringing back nightmares in Texas because last February they had a huge blackout because of such freezing yep. temperatures. I think like hundreds of people died from this. And so like even Bitcoin miners are um, shutting off their machines to try and conserve energy. So, Which is a big thing because, it, and I didn't realize, Bitcoin mining uses more power than just about anything else in operation in a state. Like the amount of electricity it takes in order to mine for Bitcoin, which has dropped like two-thirds of its value. Right, and people are saying that this is happening because... Texas doesn't um, uh, have a lot of wind energy because there's not a whole, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of breeze going on. But explain why, I mean, here we are in Florida with hot, hot temperatures just like Texas. Why are we not facing a similar issue? Sure. And and one of the kind of interesting kind of comparisons between Florida and Texas is in energy uh, regulation. So uh, Texas has a very unregulated energy market. Um, They had a lot of speculation in the markets and a lot of middlemen evolved as the market kind of expanded. And you had organizations in the state that were not able to keep up with grid maintenance because all they were doing was speculating on on energy prices. And so that was allowed to fester over a period of 15, 20 years. And it really came to a head last year or last February when they had those issues. Florida has a regulated monopoly market. So uh, as most of you are aware, you do not have a choice in who provides your electricity to you. And and Here in Tallahassee, we have the city of Tallahassee, a municipal-owned electric outlet. If you're in various parts of the state, you may have Florida Power & Light, you may have Mm -hmm. Duke Energy, Tico, whatever the the company is. They are uh, granted a monopoly over a particular area, but in doing that, they give up some uh, kind of, they 
take on the responsibility of grid maintenance and right. and they cannot raise their prices without going before the public service commission they have to justify all of these things in return for that monopoly and so a couple of years ago, I think there was a uh, a push to kind of deregulate Florida's electric market. I think in in light of what happened in Texas, what's gone on in California over the years, it's gotten kind of tamped down a bit. And I think for at least the foreseeable future, we're going to kind of see the status quo. But in a sense of reliability, we are not dealing with the issues that Texas is facing. Right. And my AC will stay at 71. 71? Until, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, although I will admit, seventy one, seventy two. I we like turn we. My husband will go around before we leave the house, and I have no idea if this actually helps because our electricity bill is still like over five hundred dollars. But he'll go and like close all the blinds, turn it up a little bit so it's not constantly running while we're gone. Close all the doors, and I mean, it looks like Fort Knox at our house when we leave. I, I, I'm with you on the seventy one, seventy two, but I will admit when I travel. I immediately turn the hotel room AC down to 65. It is, oh, for um, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm getting every bit of my frigid air for my money. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I'm taking the samples too. Um, okay. So another bug update. We promised this whole episode won't just be about bugs, but I saw this story and I think it might have implications for, for Florida. But so um, scientists have now found that mosquitoes um, can smell hosts that are infected with Zika um, making it to where they can spread the virus more. But interestingly enough, for all of the teenagers out there, they have somehow, I have no I I would love to have known how they figured this out, but somehow hosts that are also on Accutane, which is a drug that um, helps those that have acne, they, they, um, Accutane is deterring mosquitoes. So what you're saying is 13 year old me would have been (laughs) completely immune from dengue fever just because of, yeah, Yeah. love it, love it. Um, let's, uh, let's shift a little bit. Let's talk, uh, election season is Mm -hmm. kind of, we are, I think less than two months from the Florida primaries, what are you seeing? Are, are you seeing ads? I oh, cut yeah. cable many years ago. Oh, I, it doesn't matter. I'm really? Still, yeah, I still have Hulu, and I mean, I can see, I see ads over Hulu. I haven't had cable in years. So, what but- you're saying is, political consultants are adapting to the trends, and they're now advertising on streaming services. Yeah, if anything, I mean, I would love to see statistics on like the amount of people that have cut cable and are now just using like Hulu or streaming services. And I think that media professionals would be stupid not to be yeah, that um, makes sense. running ads on these on these platforms because I think that there's more people on them now than but I splur- I splurge on Hulu. I splurge for the uh, for the ad free version. So I'm I'm oh, you to do? The, yeah. So I'm yeah. Oh, uh, we're we're cheap and we're cheap in the Paget household. <laughs> we got ads. Um, but yeah, more ads. Um, any big updates on elections? Um, or I, you know, the the big one is obviously the uh, the governor's primary uh, on the Democrat side. Uh, Charlie Crist and Nikki Freed. I'm seeing two things. I'm seeing polls come out. From the freed camp that she's claiming are internal, where she's uh, within like three to five points, and then I'm seeing ones from outside uh, organizations that show her down about twelve to fourteen. Um, my guess is probably somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, if I were a betting person, I would say Charlie Chris's name recognition probably carries him by about seven or eight points, uh, but uh, she's making a run now. 
I will remind everybody listening that uh, two weeks before the primary four years ago, Andrew Gillum was third or fourth place, and all of a sudden uh, he boosts to the front of the pack and wins Can the you Democrat that primary. Now? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I the latest I heard was he had retained a new attorney or something along those lines, but. Oh, yeah. um, yeah, uh, 34,000 votes separated Ron DeSantis and Andrew Gillum. And look at where I know they both are now. It's it's a wild, right. wild ride. Right. Um, so uh, last, was it last week or earlier this week, um, one of the dads from um, a victim that passed away in the Parkland shooting, Manuel Oliver, um, got kicked out of a White House speech um, where the the president was talking about recent gun control legislation that got passed, and he was yelling, you've got to do more. Uh, Did you see that? I I saw clips of it, and, um, you know, I there is nothing in my my brain that can comprehend the level of pain and anguish that happens with a parent, not even just losing a child, but losing a child to a shooting in that. And uh, it comes at even a more heartbreaking time as this, this trial is about to to happen. Um, I know they just finalized jury selection and it's supposed to start on the 18th next week. Yeah. And to the extent of the outburst itself, um, there's another Parkland dad who is actually an anti-gun control advocate. His name escapes me right now, but he actually tweeted that he had gotten invited and uh, and turned down the invitation. And he said, look, he said, I, I could not in good faith go, uh, but I was not going to go and, and cause a ruckus. Mm-hmm. So he said, out of deference for the office of the presidency, that was the uh, approach he took. And he continues to do his advocacy work in, in uh, support of Second Amendment rights. And so, you know, I, I again, it's it's so emotional that um, unfortunately, the facts and statistics and realities of what causes mass shootings are just forgotten. And that I think is really the lesson that I hope we can take away uh, is is just that you know it's time to focus on root causes, and the root right. cause of this is not a gun or a variety of guns. It is a it is a, a human nature problem. It is a cultural problem. It is a mental health problem. And getting to those root causes, is it, a, it is an absentee fatherhood problem. Yeah, Bob and I talked when um, we talked about uh, gun control legislation around um, mass shootings, and we just talked about how the the young men in this country we are completely underserving them and 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 we've got to figure out the the root cause as to why yeah. this continues to happen and and, and, I, and I don't know that the, these school shootings and mass shootings are being done by anyone other than young men at this right, point right. they all seem to be men in the or boys and men in the 15 to 25 year old age bracket and right. so I, I, you know, like I said, there there are root causes to this, and for better or worse, a gun or a classification of guns is not it. Yeah, Let's, I would love to talk a little bit about um, kind of some local news in Tallahassee that may, I don't know, have implications around the state. But I think it absolutely will. Yeah. Um, 
so Leon County voted. I'll, I'll let you explain. I don't, I don't actually live in the county, so I'm sure you followed it a little more. So Leon County uh, School Board has adopted a transgender locker room uh, field trip type of policy uh, that seems to have angered everyone on every side. Uh, so I've but read... yet they still adopted it. I, mean, oh, I, yeah. I think I saw yeah. there was like almost four hours of testimony yep. where like the majority of it was against them imposing this and they still unanimously voted it and, it, and it was from all sides so so the policy basically stipulates some of it is that if a identified transgender student is uh going on a field trip overnight and will be in a hotel room with the uh gender that they identify as that the parents of those other students need to be notified now as a parent i think that is an absolutely minimal level of engagement i would stipulate that there should be more but i you know we've got we could dedicate an entire hour to to that piece but so on one side you have folks from like Equality Florida and whatnot saying that basically you are discriminating transgender students, which sounds just farcical on its face. And then on the other side, you've got parents of students who are saying it should be something completely different. Transgender students should not be spending the night in a hotel room with uh, members of the biologically opposite gender. It's just confusing. I mean, this is so confusing for kids. I mean, I can't imagine like a fourth or fifth grade student having to really understand this. And then now if you're a parent of that student, you've got to opt your child out. And my, you know, third grade little boy has got to go use a one stall restroom at the school where they're, I don't even know how they're going to implement this because I can't imagine there's that many of them. Um, but I, I've got to opt him out and he has to use a one-stall restroom just to protect his privacy against a potential, you know, trans person using that same restroom with him. That, that Or locker room. Or locker room. So and basically... can't the, understand that. Basically, the policy is hated by everyone except the members of the Leon County School Board who adopted it. Who adopted it and said they'll revisit this in six months. Yeah, this is one where I think while it's a local issue, I absolutely believe that this is a, um, a policy issue at the local level that will begin to kind of uh, kind of grow up in every single county in the state of Florida. Yeah, another reason why we need more school choice. Absolutely. Great segue to the school choice issue because uh, Bill Maddox, our education policy director, is in D.C. as we record this, and he is uh, working with uh, members of both political parties to honor 
a distinguished Floridian, Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, whose statue will be unveiled in, I believe, the United States Congress. Yeah, they voted like way before COVID um, to do this to replace one of the statues that's currently there with the statue of Mary McLeod Bethune. And now they're finally getting around to unveiling it. Um, Just an education pioneer in Florida. Yeah, yeah. And then there's yeah. a little bit of a JMI tie to it, too, because Stan Marshall, who started yep. JMI, was on the board of trustees for Bethune-Cookman University. So, um, yeah, we're excited, Great all we're around. excited to see that. Let's, uh, it is National French Friday. I know. Ours are on the way. They are on the speak. way from Five Guys. Yeah. All right, let's rank, let's rank your favorite French fries. Oh. Um, Give me your top three. Um, you think? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big like shoestring French fry person. Okay. I like a lot of crunch. Um, not too much though. I don't trust people that go to a restaurant and order extra crispy French fries. Like if you want potato chips, go get potato chips. But I do like shoestring crispy fries. Not a big like soggy crinkle cut no, fries. No, Those are exactly. the worst fries ever. So, so here are my top three. Big old, uh, I'm a big like Arby's um, curly fry fan too. Those are good. See, I'm not a curly fry guy. Okay. Here, here. So, so number one, McDonald's fresh out, highly salted. Yeah. They, there is no other close competitor, yeah, but they, they also season them with sugar too. And that's why you're so addicted to them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I have a rule whenever on the rare occasions I do go to McDonald's, I will order two orders of fries because one has to be eaten as I'm driving home or wherever I'm going. Oh yes. Uh, second is five guys, which you oh, know, yeah. can't wait till they arrive. Um, and I love the fact that they have the skins on them and you, they like not only give you your order, but then they heap a, you know, a whole big, uh, load of them into the bag when you get them. Oh yeah. Well, um, on national French fry day, Google trends released a map that shows the most searched type of French fries across the U S and you're going to be disappointed because neither one of us mentioned this fry, but sweet potato fries is the most searched and i think sweet potato fries are disgusting okay <laughs> like so i don't want to eat sweet potato in fry form but i also saw that google said the reason that they believe this is because they think that people are searching are sweet potato fries more healthy than there there are two types of people in this world there are people that like sweet potatoes and there are people who go to heaven that's oh how it works so sweet well, potatoes Sweet potatoes are neither sweet, nor are they really potatoes, in my opinion. They are awful, and they have no place in any kind of culinary uh, Well, Google broke it down by state, too. So Florida, it was not sweet potato fries. Um, That was not the most searched in Florida. That's why we live in the free state of Florida. Right. So on the West Coast, it was carne asada fries. There's a place for this in the dining discussion. In Florida, it was truffle fries. So there's hope for us. Yeah. So my third are the classic Chick-fil-A fries. Chick-fil-A, just the waffle fries. They're thick. They're just crunchy Mm -hmm. enough they are just the right amount of salt you know they're solid so those are my my chick-fil-a doesn't mess anything up they do not all right well that's all we got uh thank you for joining us for another episode of spill the tea thank you for letting me sit in um and we will be back in two weeks thank you for listening to spill the tea For more content from the James Madison Institute, 
Follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.